Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Hope everything went well for your weekend. Yes, everything was uh, was copacetic, as they would say. How was your mm. uh, your little uh, adventure in uh, the Bay State? Did things go well? Did you have a nice uh, time? You're back at your home base right now, which is good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in the upstairs. Uh, you know, I I, <laughs> I make it sound like I have this big broadcast complex. You're at you're at the you're at the Knight Broadcast Center. Yeah, the, the upstairs <laughs> one, which is basically a desk uh, mm-hmm. in the corner in my bedroom upstairs because <laughs> I was too damn lazy to go. No, it's actually. But well, you look cold. marvelous in your jammies. <laughs> uh, no, I got a shirt on and uh, my jammy bottoms. Oh, uh, let's you just go. keep That's the more camera. More than anybody the, needed to know. Yeah, but. keep the camera at a headshot. All right. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. What a uh, a week we have ahead of us. I think that Congress goes out for the holiday. This week, like, uh, I want to say the 23rd bill, which would be, what, um, Friday, the 23rd, I think? Today's the 20th. Friday. So they got a whole week to do uh, mayhem and uh, just totally screw things up. And their agenda starts today on how can we screw Trump and the American public. Today is the 19th. I had to check. I have the old calendar on the wall, and I yes, I was right. Uh, The 23rd is... Is Friday, and I don't know how they're going to do a bill. Uh, they're they're supposedly coming out with a, their recommendation, I guess, about what to do with President Trump. And you right. have some theories on that. Well, well first of all, they're they're doing their uh, they're doing conspiracy, fraud, and insurrection. That's that's it. They're going to try to throw some more things in there. And I'm going like, well, how are they doing all this? And it's based on January sixth, and they said it was his language. It was his language that did it because it it's the plausibility that uh, it, it created all that, which we know it didn't. He was very kind, very thoughtful. He was very direct to be peaceful and go and respect everybody. But they're saying, no, no, it's a, it's a possibility that he could have been, in, you know, inspired the insurrection. And um, sounds good to them, so that's what they're going to go with. There's no basis of facts. None of it is. But today they recommend they cannot, they don't have the power to do anything except one thing. Uh, and they have the week to do it. They And they're trying to get up the nerve. They want to go to the 14th Amendment and use the Insurrection Act. So if they vote, then they could sit there and do the Insurrection Act. And from what I looked at, Congress does have the power to do that, to forbid him from ever holding office again. And that means that if they did that, yeah, he couldn't hold hold a public office or run for one. And the only way that he could do it, somebody would have to go in and prove otherwise. So I I can't uh, see that happening. I can see them recommending something like that. I mean, they've done everything else. They've impeached the guy twice for no reason. So uh, they'll do their darndest to, to do as much damage as they can towards President Trump on their way out the door. I mean, this is this is Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger's uh, swan song. This is their wave goodbye to the American public, and uh, they're not going to go quietly. You may you, know, you may think they are, but they're not going to. Nope. I, I always find it interesting. Anytime there's a story in the media about the insurrection, they're meeting today, they're going to do this, they're going to vote this way, and, you know, Adam Schiff is doing this, which, you know, Schiff is sticking around. Cheney is gone, but Cheney is the poster child for the January 6th committee. But I was thinking this morning, we didn't discuss it, but I was sitting there going, 
How much time have they devoted to the January 6th committee, which, based on the Twitter dumps, means that this whole witch hunt was just that, a witch hunt, and it's BS. And how much money? Uh, and how much money? But has there... Now, we know that there was the, the hearings and investigation of Nixon. But has there ever been uh, an investigation of that magnitude or this magnitude against, I don't know, a Democrat? No. No. So what wh- what have we learned from that? You know, and, and, and if you look at the history, you know, it, it, this is a deep state thing, and it's been going on for a while. It's a, you know, we have a one-sided, you know, government, and it's getting worse. I mean, they are trying to figure out hey. this week, Adam Schiff, you know, Schiff, Schiff is, is sitting there going, we've got to maintain our right to control, you know, and censor speech. Mm-hmm. What? Well, he's a worthless Sacagawea. <laughs> I'll just well, leave it that, at that. that's being very you friendly. Know, yes. That's that's very friendly. Um, it's, what kind of government do we have? Well, uh, at midnight tomorrow night, at midnight tomorrow night, Title 42 comes to an end. And what does that mean? Well, Governor Abbott says, if the courts do not intervene and put a halt to the removal of Title 42, it's going to be total chaos. He said it's going to be catastrophic, not just for Texas, but for the United States of America. That's from Governor Abbott. In Texas. You know, uh, over the weekend, I think it was over the weekend, ABC did a story on this. And they sat there and they said, you know, Joe Biden never invited people across the border. Oh, he never once dear, said it. That's a he lie. Say, Come on. Uh, yeah, it's a lie. He, he never said, Come on over. It was Abbott that said it. And it was Donald Trump. It's their actions, their, oh. their fault for the border. How many times have you seen a Democrat? Or hey, a Democratic news. I don't have the audio. Source. I don't have the audio, but I did hear a, a tape this morning on another program of Biden saying absolutely he wants the border removed. He wants people to come across. He says it. It was he said it during his campaign. It was an election promise that he was going to eliminate the borders and be a refuge for the the weary coming from other countries. Well, what we have is a refuge refuge for drug dealers, human traffickers, and uh, uh, cartel members. Yeah, and they're lined up at the borders now, and they know, we know that Title 42 is going to be gone. And they know it too, and they know once that happens, Biden has promised them that they're going to get citizenship, they're going to get jobs, they're going to get money. All right, forget the citizenship thing. Whose jobs are they going to get? Whose money are they going to get? Yours. Mine. Why is it, though, I hear Abbott crying, but why isn't Abbott saying it's an invasion and we're going to send the Texas National Guard to the border? They're not coming across. Well, it is a good question, and uh, he does need to answer that. But unless they, I mean, I heard they have some people there, Bill, from, from Texas trying, but... I mean, if it's a if it's that big a deal, heck, I heard somebody suggest this morning on uh, a talk show, and the host happened to think it was a good idea that American citizens who have the time and the wherewithal grab their rifles, head down to Texas, and ask to be deputized and man the border. 
Are we headed towards that? Are we headed towards a country where people don't uh, have an army they can rely on to protect them from an invasion that they have to go down to the borders with their own damn guns? Well, yeah, we do have a government like that, but I can guarantee this. You grab your gun, you go down there and get deputized. You will see the army directed by Joe Biden to go down there and grab your gun. That's what I thought, too. Same thing. I said, you know what? They won't they won't arrest the people coming across the border. Hell no. But they'll arrest the, the American citizen on the border who's there to protect the border. Exactly. That's all they're going to do. They're, and, you know, I really think they're trying to incite. You talk about an insurrection. Oh, my right? gosh. It's going on right now. They are trying to incite, you know, uh, a riot, civil war. They want those of you that own their guns and maybe make your own ammunition to just walk out in public with it and say, yeah, I'm going to go get deputized and protect my country. You're an insurrectionist. Give me your gun. So where does it go? Go to Gitmo. So where does it go right now? I think there are some people right now who are fed up and who may even do what we're talking about, go down to the border and uh, try to protect the the border from these uh, invaders. That's what they are, by the way. They're invaders. I can't see a country like ours getting through this and being the same at the end. If we have no border, it's going to be a constant flood of people. Millions of people are going to come across the border, and we can't take it as a country. Oh, we can take some. We can absorb some. Yes, there's some that we can take because we're a big country. But if we keep getting thousands, tens of thousands of people every day coming across the border, there's going to be a breaking point, especially for towns along the border. Can you imagine what it must be like in places like El Paso, huh? Brownsville, Texas, all these border towns? They're going to be a mess. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not even going to look like American cities. Look, they have a large Hispanic population right now. But there's a difference between... American Hispanics who've been living there and people who came across with a knapsack and nothing much else. It's a recipe for disaster. It is not going to get any better. I can see a buffer zone growing and growing wider and wider to where pretty soon, uh, and when I say a buffer zone, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, left or right of that border is kind of like a no man's land because you have the riffraff, the cartels, and the bad folks that are there, and that's going to filter so deeply into the United States. Would you admit that what Biden is doing right now is treason with the border? Yeah, it's treason. It is an insurrection. So, you know, they're talking about January 6th, and there was no insurrection there, and it was proven that it's been all a setup just like uh, Hillary did with uh, all those, uh, the, the Russiagate thing. This this Biden gate thing was done by Biden himself. You know they're finding dead children along the border. Dead well, children, folks. You won't hear it on mainstream uh, media because they have uh, a plan, and the plan doesn't include talking about stuff like that. Women and children coming across the border who don't make it. Well, here's the thing. They're looking at it like a military procedure uh, where... Those are acceptable losses. In other words, they don't care about human life. They really don't. They don't care about those children. So dead kids on the border, eh, those are acceptable losses. This is not who we are. This is not what 
we uh, were told we were all of my life, all of my decades on this planet, we were told that we were an exceptional country. We were a country of laws. That's what I heard all growing up. My dad was a lawyer. My dad just said, we are a country of laws. Yes, we are a and country of laws. We're breaking them. What's, yeah, we're breaking the laws. We've broken every moral code. And, you know, they, they, they took abortion as, as a good divisive thing. And, you know, there are things that are going on in the news with that that we can talk about now or later on in the show that I, I found uh, very, very interesting. Um, you've probably heard of, uh, father Frank, uh, Pavone. is it Pavone yep. who is, you know, he's, uh, a leader in the anti-abortion movement. Mm -hmm. Well, he's been defrocked by the Vatican. Yeah, I know. I, I read that too. And, uh, now that doesn't mean he's lost his, his, uh, priesthood. He's still a priest. It's, uh, more of a, it's like an officer being busted a grade, you know? Yeah, but you know what? What does that say about the higher-ups at the Catholic Church? It makes you know, I'm not saying your faith, your faith, personal faith, mm -hmm. is wrong. I'm saying just like our government has some bad players oh. in the history of the Catholic Church, or Baptist, or anything, you know, oh, church wait a in general, you know, got some bad players. Let's, interesting thing here, okay? Let's, let's, let's think of, talk about religion for a second. Before they were the Baptists, before they were the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians, the Anglicans, Methodists, before all that, before all that, they were mm -hmm. the Catholics. The first Christian faith, historically, Absolutely. was Catholicism. Catholicism came out and became a, 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 a force to be reckoned with, and then uh, it became uh, too domineering for a lot of people. It became it became corrupt in a lot of ways. And a lot of people said enough is enough, and they broke away, and that was the Protestant Reformation. Martin right. Luther uh, and his—I uh, forgot what they call that—an edict of worm or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the beginning of uh, uh, the separation of religions and new religions forming. Good religions, people who believed in God, believed in Jesus, believed in history. Uh, you know, they believed that. The religion that uh, in Rome was corrupted, and now right. I'm a Catholic. I've been a Catholic all my life, and I believe the basics of the religion are, in many ways, the basics of every Christian religion. I believe in Jesus Christ. I would submit that uh, a good Baptist believes the same thing. A good Methodist believes the same thing. Some some people believe in uh, different interpretations of predestination, things like that. But that's okay. That's all right, but what? Getting back to Rome, Rome, the hierarchy in Rome, is is big and it's powerful in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of money in Rome. I mean, it is incredibly wealthy. The Vatican. It's a small country with a lot of bucks, and uh, with with that money comes comes power. So they do so many contradictory things. They tell the people the flock that abortion is wrong but they don't get up on they they don't have their guys get up on the pulpit and make an issue out of it you know what i'm saying because if they get up on the pulpit and make an issue out of it it cuts back on the collections and that, that sounds that sounds uh petty but it's the truth so mm -hmm. you know many many catholics are saying well if 
you know, if you're pro-life, why aren't they getting up uh, during the service and uh, and telling people it's wrong? Why aren't they standing up for their their beliefs and what they're telling people to believe? You know, to believe in. Right. Uh, so I, I, it's a business in a lot of ways. I guess that I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Rome is a business in a lot of ways, um, and has been for centuries. For centuries, we've had corrupt popes before. You probably heard of papal royalty, where where there were some popes that actually had families and children. You know, and by the way, celibacy right. was in play then too. They 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 just didn't care. There were some popes that had had armies. And those armies were more powerful than some armies of uh, some countries. You heard of the Crusades, right? Well, right. they were under the banner of the Pope, not the banner of a country. And uh, so whenever you have men involved with religion, you have the opportunity for corruption. Okay? Right. It's as simple as that. And, and um, I, you don't blame God for the—, for the uh, Weaknesses and the uh, the evil of man. Like I said, I'm Catholic. I go to mass every week. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, what's happened over the the recent years, the uh, things that we've discovered that that seem to be coming from Rome, it, it gives you pause. You know, mm-hmm. you have to use your head. You have to use your head. You you cannot take things uh, as an edict from Rome, and that's how it, 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 it is. You know, I mean, this guy Pavone, he's a wonderful priest who believes in his faith and believes in life, and he's ticked off a lot of his hierarchy. He's like a, he's like a captain in the military who has ticked off a colonel or a, a, a maybe even a brigadier general. So they're going to fix him. They're going to bust right. him down to second lieutenant or first lieutenant. Uh, he'll, he'll get through this. And he'll be all the stronger for it, too, because he's a good man. When I picked up on the abortion and abortion rights, came from a TV show where they interviewed, well, it was Chuck Todd doing an interview with um, Mike Pence. I said, oh, this ought to be good. And they talked about abortions, and Pence really couldn't answer a couple of questions. And I thought, well, there are two things here. The the question was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But is it a precursor of where the left is going? Because, well, Todd is with NBC and, you know, they're they're laying out. They they always lay out the groundwork of, you know, their interpretation and where they're going. Uh, but Todd was saying, well, you know what? If you sit there and you're saying, you know, you can't, you know, with, you know, uh, pro-life, isn't that government mandated life? And I'm like going. Well, that's an interesting phrase there that he said. Government you know? mandated life. In other wow. words, yeah. But the but the next one is really interesting. And Pence didn't know how to answer it. And I guess you know I'll give him some credit here. I probably would have stammered too, but I would have I would have been quick to say yes on this. But the question came out of Todd's mouth, a lefty. Do unborn babies have a constitutional right? I, I believe they do, but that's just me. Yes. All life, yeah. All yes. human life has constitutional right. rights. If they're born in this country or their parent came and are giving birth in this country, then they have a constitutional right. Um, you know, in the days of uh, Roe versus Wade in 1973, uh, we didn't know a lot. We couldn't see a lot of things in the in the pregnant mother. 
it, you really didn't start to show until so many months in. And right. when you when you felt that first kick, oh, well, there's life. Well, nowadays, they can see almost from the moment of conception. I mean, they have, they have yeah. the ability to look at the little fetus from its very early stages. And what they've found out is that it, it, it's alive, it's responsive. It, if you touch it, it moves. If you yell, it becomes disturbed. There is life in this little human being. And by the way, I call it a human being from the moment of conception because if, oh, I do if, too. if you don't, if you say, well, it, it can't think for itself, it's only in, in its second month of existence, I would say, well, then look at at the other end of the scale, when somebody starts to become, uh, al- let's say an Alzheimer's patient starts to lose its memories and starts to become uh, less cognitively aware of what's going on, does that mean that we have the right at the other end to call them not human anymore and just eliminate them from right. existence? I mean, w- you have to have common sense here, folks. I mean, if you want not to have that life exists, then don't have sex. Then well, you're right about the common sense. That was one of the things going, well, what about a woman's right to decide she doesn't want to have a baby? And I'm like going, oh, boy, there, you know, I might need John Fetterman to help uh, defend the left on this because you, if you're saying that and then asking the question, does an unborn child have constitutional rights, you know, that's almost jumping out of this conversation Let's say that a guy goes in and robs a store, you know, and he goes, well, yeah, I mean, the money was there to entice me in the register. I knew it'd be easy to knock off the guy and steal the money, but never in my life did I want to go to jail. That's in, right. You I, know, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to kill him. I knew if I shot him, he would be incapacitated and I could take the money and leave the store. I didn't know he had a heart condition and it would kill him. It's oh. not my fault. I just wanted the money that he had in safely secured oh. in his cash register. And in this woke society, they would look at that poor criminal as being the victim. He didn't know he was doing what he did. He was right. unaware of the consequences. He didn't wear a T-shirt identifying or a shirt that identified or a hat says, by the way, I'm a stroke victim or I have a heart condition. Don't do anything abruptly because it may kill me. Well, that that goes to the border situation we're talking about too, right? What we yeah. said, what we said about if we get on there with uh, with guns and stand along our border, this administration, being as woke as it is, they won't go down there and uh, protect the border. They'll arrest you for trying to protect the border. Well, here's a thought because apparently we as American citizens have no right. Now, if somebody we do know that people listen in a foreign country. Maybe you're sitting there going, America, we want to go to America. We get citizenship, we get jobs, we get money. We said, thank you, Allah Joe Biden. Well, let me tell you something. You step foot across that border and you sign the papers and you are a citizen. You got no more rights than I do, which are squat, according to this administration. So think again. Do you really want to come over here? Hey, don't sign the papers. Just being illegal, they'll give you everything you want. Trust me. Yeah, you, you, you're better off just being an illegal because they'll accept that, too. Once you're a citizen, they own you. <clears throat> I. Uh, this has been an interesting program. We've gone from the border <laughs> yeah. to abortion. We've, we've bounced around. We've talked about religion. Holy smokes. 
You can tell. And we a- got a lot of we got a lot of things that you know that we haven't talked about. I mean, there was um, what is going I on. To, uh, I wanted to to play the uh, the tape oh, we okay. played on Friday. I'm going to play it again today to remind people about it. It was Tucker Carlson talking about the CIA's involvement mm-hmm. in the JFK assassination. I I play this for a reason. Listen. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence for investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. That act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law. But under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years. After the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that. They suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them, we were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. 
We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he really turns down a televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider. I said last uh, Friday that that was, in my opinion, the bravest, the bravest thing I've heard on on television news in uh, in decades. It was that that You're not the only one though. Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said the following on uh, on the weekend. He said the most courageous newscast in sixty years. The CIA's murder of my uncle was a successful coup d'état from which our democracy has never recovered. That was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So he agrees it was uh, the most courageous newscast. And I I think that, uh, oh, by the way, somebody from the CIA contacted Tucker and and said, uh, whoever gave you that information broke the law. That that wasn't a denial from the CIA. That it was a confirmation. It, it, it was a confirmation. Exactly right. Exactly right. So uh, can you imagine well, this, though, if the CIA killed a sitting president? What else can they do? Can they, can they oh, fix elections? Can they pretend that a president did things that could be impeached? You know, uh, could they have a January 6th committee? For example, yeah, could they I, could. Now, what intrigues me is a CIA agent called and said, "Whoever gave you that information broke the law." Yeah, you know that that reminds me of the mob. You know, the mob is their own organization. They have their own hierarchy. They have their own internal laws and rules. You know, hey, you know, you're going to take the rap for this and do the time. When you get out, we'll have something for you for your services mm-hmm. to the organization. Well, it sounds like the CIA has their own private set of rules and laws that govern them that supersede the law of the land in common sense. You know, I'm watching this TV show right now. What law did that guy break? I'm watching this TV show right now called The Recruit, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. It's a, I don't know, eight-part limited series. It's about a young guy who works as a lawyer in the CIA. And all the characters in the in the show, for the most part, are are characters. Really, they really are characters in that they are paranoid. They're these are people working inside the CIA. They're paranoid. Mm-hmm. They are cautious about what they say to whoever they say it to. No one trusts anybody in the CIA. And I was thinking, what person in their right friggin' mind would want to work in an organization like that, where the guy sitting next to you, who you think is your friend. Is somebody who's ratting on you, maybe somebody who is trying to get you in trouble so they can score points and move move up the ladder? Well, it's I a, really can't say much about that, and you know why. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not going to even ask you about it, but uh, no. we'll just leave it at that because you don't want to get that person in any kind of trouble. It's not supposed to work inside the United States. It's not supposed to do business inside the United States. Yet, if what what Tucker is saying is true. Not only do they do something in the United States, they they did something in, incredibly criminal inside the United States. They killed well, a sitting president. Now. Let's back this up. So they work in foreign soil is where they have their jurisdiction, correct? Right. All right. Uh, we talked about on Friday that uh, our our capital to our country is a corporation. Right. So that would be their homeland. Anything outside of the circle of that corporation, a foreign country, exactly. You and I. So are, you mean with the technicality? 
with a technicality. They're That's saying what I just they, got from they, that. They don't, they don't do any spying inside the District of Columbia, which they That's... consider to be their home base. But that's not the case because they are based yeah. in Langley, Virginia. They well, are they based have, in Langley. That might be a foreign base. Yeah, they're in Langley. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> they're, they're, they they have a way of interpreting the rules and the laws that you and I would not sit there and agree with or conceive. I just think that they don't follow the laws that they pretend they follow. That's all. I and think they don't that, have no stinking laws. Well, who's gonna Who's gonna? If the president of the United States can't stop them from doing what they're doing. How how can the average Joe stop him? Uh, who's, well, uh, and who's really running the country? Think about it for a second. If the president isn't really running the country, then who's running the country? Well, if you got us, if if you're incorporated, you know, um, you can run the country from anywhere you want to by any whom you want to uh, have run it. So it, it, it we have a big tangled mess that uh, we are dealing with and it's not a pretty picture and it's this week is going to be an interesting week i can tell you that here's the thing i i think that uh, there's something else and this is me going into the conspiracy area again so bear with me i do think that there are things that are happening behind the scenes right now in this country that we don't have a clue about as john q public i think that there is a battle of good and evil. I don't mean it like in a, in a religious sense. Well, maybe in a way it is, but I do think that there is people who are running this country who really don't have mm-hmm. the legal authority to do so. And I think there is a good faction of people right now who are battling those people. And we don't see it. Well, no, we don't see it. But then maybe we do see it if we pay close attention. Now, people were talking about Donald Trump and the Trump cards. He played the Trump card. They're right. cool-looking cards. Now, I was a little mistaken last week. I was thinking that he was uh, putting out some kind of uh, currency, and he's not. It was NFTs. And NFT is a different thing. It's the digital art. And w- the difference, there's a, different ways you can use an NFT. But if I create the artwork, work, it's digital art that goes out there. Um, in the consumer end of it, you can take that artwork and modify it. And then now it becomes your artwork that you can sell, that you can make money off of. I don't believe they can a, change these, though, Bill. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just yeah. explaining the two different kinds. And then I get a piece of that, too, and it perpetuates and goes on and on. This NFT, you cannot change. When you buy it, you have 100% ownership and rights to it. If you see it anywhere in use, without it being altered, you know, generally speaking. But if you see it in use, you own it, you have the right to protect it and sue. Now, you own that right as long as you own that NFT. And then once you sell it, they buys it has the they right. They had a limited run on these cards. They apparently sold them all out. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to print any more. That means that the ones that are out there now are increasing in value. You can resell them. Yeah, you you can resell it uh, if you owned uh, the set. You could sell it to me, and you could say, "Well, I paid ninety nine dollars for this, Bill. I I want five hundred bucks for it." Uh, okay, I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. And then somebody goes, "Hey, you know, you just bought a set. Do you really, really want them, Bill?" Well, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm thinking nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Well, okay, you know, mm-hmm. here you go, and so on and so forth on down the line. 
I don't think this was a thing. You know, they're going, oh, Trump's trying to make money any way he can. No, it's not. He played the Trump card, but there was something else that is more basic and simple. And the fact that it, it, well, for lack of a better way to put it, it really pissed off the left and the Democrats. Here are these good-looking cards, and here is Trump as a superhero. Right. And they look cool. Yeah. And everyone's, and, and they sold out right away, got a lot of attention, and it made them mad, and it was just a big FY in the face of the Democrats. And now, getting to my second point, you know, they had to do something back. Now, over the weekend, we had the first day of Hanukkah. And then the New York Times, yeah, they did a crossword puzzle. And, you know, you've seen the crossword puzzle. You know, you have the open white spaces, the blacked out spaces. But the design of the blacked out spaces on the white background was a swastika. Mm -hmm. And it caused a lot of err, especially on the first day of Hanukkah. Was that the left uncloaking, showing who they really are and kind of a thumb in the face of society and who and what they are? Are they showing and exposing who they really are? Well, it, it, that surprises me, and I'll tell you why. The New York Times was founded by a, uh, if I have my information correct, a Jewish family, by a Jewish gentleman. I can't think of his name offhand, but um, when is I hear he still stuff, around and have a part of it, I think they the family does have a part of it to this day. Well, um, I, I gotta believe that you know they say, oh, it was an oversight. No, that wasn't an oversight because any any editor worth his salt would have sat there and said, uh, well, yeah, those are some nice crossword puzzle questions, but why does it look like a swastika on the first day of Hanukkah? Well, let me tell you something else. Uh, the Biden regime said it voted against a U.S. resolution condemning the glorification of Nazism over freedom of speech issues and concerns that Russia was going to... Uh, uh, was using it to carry out political attacks against its neighbors. Uh, the vote took place last month. As you are aware, the Ukrainian military's Azov division is famous for promoting the Nazi cause. Actually, if you look at the Azov battalion, they are direct descendants of the mm -hmm. Nazi of the Nazi units that were from the Ukraine. They had some Nazi units in the Ukraine back in World War II. So we had an opportunity to stand up for what is right in the United Nations and to vote against Nazism, and the Biden administration didn't do it. Now, okay, folks, let's take a pause for a second. Oh, boy, here we go. Think of what this administration has done in the two years. Oh, yeah. Everything that it has done it has gone against what we as Americans would have expected them to do. I mean, for example, we would have expected an administration to protect our borders. It's not. We would have expected an administration that, that cared about the country to uh, move out of Afghanistan with dignity and, and do it successfully without hurting anybody. It didn't. You would expect this military not to close down our fuel supplies and make the oil prices go up. Uh, it has it, it closed down those fuel supplies and oil prices have gone up. You would expect it not to promote things that would increase inflation in general overall. It has in, increased our inflation many times over. Everything this guy and his administration 
has done has gone against the good people of the United States of America. I don't care if you're a lifelong Democrat and you're shaking your hand, oh, no, you're just saying that because you're... No, I'm saying it because I'm an American. Just look around you. Get your head mm-hmm. out of the sand and look around. Take a real look. Forget that you you grew up a Democrat and your father was a Democrat and you wouldn't vote for a Republican if it was the last guy on the planet. Just look around as an American. Put your party aside for a second and take a good look at what's happening to our country because we are. it's like watching a fatal accident in slow motion. It's like watching that last scene in Thelma and Louise when they're driving towards the cliff and you can't do a damn thing about it. I mean, for Pete's sakes, friends... At some point, you got to use your head. You got to use your head and look around and see what's going on. Forget this party stuff. Forget about, uh, I wouldn't vote for Trump. He's an orange man. He's bad. Listen, everything that Trump did as president was for the good of the, of the American people. The guy didn't take a salary, okay? He didn't take a dime from the country. He gave his salary away to different organizations all throughout his presidency. And, you know, with all that he did that was good, and he did a lot that was good, it's amazing that he was able to do anything because they were constantly on his fanny. They were constantly trying to tear him down from the moment actually before he became president. The FBI was spying on the damn guy. I mean, for Pete's sakes, the guy wasn't even sworn into office, and they were they were bugging his phones in Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. I I I'm, I get a little irritated, and I apologize. I know it's the Christmas season, and I shouldn't be this way, but you know, I'm, I guess I'm a little upset because tomorrow night, literally, at the stroke of midnight tomorrow night, Title Forty Two ends, and yeah, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, nothing. Well, I I, I say it with a glimmer of hope that something will happen, but I believe they're going to let it just fade away and all hell breaks loose at the border. A lot of things are going to uh, go to hell in a handbasket tomorrow night at midnight. Title 42. You got Buttigieg uh, on vacation and the railroad union thing is still... That guy's always on vacation, Bill. He's well, in, yeah. well, he was. I think he was in uh, Europe, wasn't he? He was like on the yeah. French Riviera or someplace. In his private jet, which, you know, spews more fuel than an entire jet airliner and, you know, a hundred passengers on it. Yep. Come on. This is a guy who's telling you that you have to uh, drive an electric car. But by the way, friends, that is the dumbest suggestion. Okay. And I, I don't care. I know some, I have a friend of mine, God bless them. They have an electric car and, and they're wonderful people. And I, they are a nice looking car. I mean, the Tesla is a beautiful car. I mean, if it had a gas engine in it, I, I think I'd want to I'd want to have one if I could afford it. But um, you run out of power with those things, and it becomes a dead weight. You drive through, yeah. uh, you, you get you know, you get some flooding salt water; it's gone. Some of those cars burst into flame. This a warning on some cars: don't park them in your garage. Yeah, you know, if you've had anything electrical go wrong anywhere, it is a mess to try to fix and clean up. You got an electric car. I mean, I'm looking at, I got a 2018 truck, and I'm going, well, you know, maybe I ought to sell it. I can get more money than I think it's worth and, you know, walk out a winter and get a new car. So I'm sitting there looking at that, and I'm going, well, I don't want electric because of all the things we've said, 
I see that as a financial nightmare waiting to happen down the road. And I said, well, maybe a hybrid, you know, won't have the horsepower I like, but you know, I'll save gas. I've driven them when I've rented them. And then I'm going, wait a minute now, let's take a real good look at this. What happens if I run out of gas and I'm stuck using just the electric on it? It's good for 29 miles. In other words, no matter what or how you slice it or anything, that engine is useless. You need a gas vehicle until they come up with a better solution. You're, it's, it's, it's a nightmare waiting to happen on you. I was uh, out for a walk over the weekend, and I found myself, uh, I was on a bike path, and I was looking at all of the, the cut-down trees and stuff that were discarded along the way, thinking I could, uh, I could take that wood there and cut it up and use it for fuel. And then I started thinking, I live in a home that was built in 2010, and it has a gas fireplace, which is really nice. It does heat the house, but when you run out of gas, it's useless, okay? It's pretty. The aesthetics are great, but it, it's useless when there's no gas. And I'm thinking, how do I, what do I do if I want to heat the house in the middle of winter and there's no electricity and uh, there's no gas? Do I find a uh, some kind of a, a wood stove that I can have hooked up uh, mm -hmm. in, in the house somewhere? And, uh, I mean, that would be great. Uh, I don't know whether I even have a house that is designed in such a way that that would even be possible, you know? I don't know whether... Well, yeah, you could put one in, but it's going to heat the room. I mean, like, little, you know, there are certain laws of nature that you have to adhere to. And we've gotten around a lot of things, but... I'll tell you why you know. I think about this, because I think there's a possibility in the not-too-distant future we're going to go through an, a, major, a major emergency. We talked a little while ago about the possibility of a, a nuclear attack of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, that's a possibility. Multiple power grid facilities have received threats about uh, attacks on those power stations. This is something... Right. This is something which came across the wire over the weekend. Uh, and, they're, you know, of course, main, the mainstream media poo-poos it. But, you know, there were attacks on the power stations in North Carolina. There were attacks on the power stations in Oregon uh, right. that they don't, they don't want you to know about, by the way. They don't want to make a big issue out of it. They'd rather it uh, just fade away. We may be under attack right now in more ways than one and not even know about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're if they're threatening our power grid right now, and what do you do, by the way, if you lose your power grid? What do you do? I I don't know. I can tell you this. You know, I, I do other stuff, and I'm in a few markets around the country. I know one of my markets is Helena, Montana, that I do stuff in. And uh, uh, I remember midweek, you know, I was looking at the forecast every day. Yeah, you know, uh, looking for a high today of 15. You know, do this, do that, yada, yada, yada. And then I was looking at the forecast. And tonight it's going to be, and I double-checked it, and I said, holy cow, minus 31. Wow. You know, and I'm like going, what are they going to do if yeah. they got no electricity, no gas, no nothing? When you look I at mean, the TV show Yellowstone, you look yeah. at the TV show, that's out in Montana. All that beautiful country, it gets darn cold yeah. in the wintertime. Well, I got Jackson Hole, Wyoming, too, so they get cold there. And, you know, I talk about whatever's in their news that day, and 
yeah move it on and, and no it's not a podcast friends it's it's something entirely different so a serious thing to consider friends is how to heat your house in the middle of winter in february and march if you lose your power you know we, we think it can't happen to us it can happen it can happen you can lose your power you could lose it for a considerable period of time you better think about an alternate form of uh, of heating your house and taking care of your family because well, you may be caught with your pants down, so to speak. I, well, you, you know, you're onto something you know? with the uh, with the wood burning. You know, I would actually sit there and go in my basement, and I would put the wood burning stove down there, heater stove. Hot air rises, yeah. Yeah, hot air rises, but not only that. You know, if it's cold, you fire up that stove, and you do like you're staying at somebody's house. Hey, you know what? We're gonna put a little. We're we're gonna put a little blanket on the floor. We're all going to do that. We're going to yep. stay close to the fire. The other thing is with those wood-burning stoves, uh, they some of them have a grill top on them where you can sit there. I don't think you have to worry on a cold winter how to refrigerate stuff. So you could have supplies. Yeah, it's you'll be cozy, but you'd be warm and you'd be fed. You have to be very careful about uh, wood-burning stoves in the house, not just for the fire reason, but also... Carbon monoxide, things like that, have to be vented properly. You have to have yeah. somebody who knows what they're doing install it. Yeah, uh, you bring I, them in, have them install it, do it right, vent it. But you can be safe, and you don't go and snuggle right up next to it where an ember can catch your blanket on fire and burn you up in the house down. But you're going to have to get creative in what you do. That's I'll you tell know, you that know, is you, an option. You might want to consider getting yourself uh, some food supplies. Make sure you have enough food in the house. For at least two or three weeks to yeah. feed your family. You know, not it yeah. doesn't have to be a three-course meal. It can be uh, just, uh, a, you know, it can be beans. It can be peanut butter, crackers, things like that to give you energy. Well, I think I'd leave the beans alone, but I would get the <laughs> peanut butters and, uh, you know, the, the crackers and maybe some ramen noodles, you know. <laughs> go and pretend like you're in college again, and, you know, I hate to say it, you know, when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, them ramen noodle noodles. <laughs> ramen noodles <laughs> it makes your mouth water, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> ramen noodles, yes. You know, we talked about heating that one room. Get yourself some blankets too, so you can cover doorways. Thick, thick, warm blankets, so you, yeah. Put you them. can cover doorways so you can keep the heat in that in that room, keep the area or, warm. Or big towels that you fold over and put right there at the bottom of the door. Yeah, you can do that. Or weather stripping on the door, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things. Get you yourself can do. some two-way rate, some CB radios. CB radios might end up being a, um, a lifesaver. Exactly, you know, and a lot of batteries. Because after a while, that may be your only means of communication for a while. Getting messages out or hearing what's happening from somebody else down the street. I had, I don't want to sound fatalistic, but there's a lot of stuff right now that could happen, and if they do happen. You're going to need this stuff. I mean, when they start talking about the possibility of a nuclear war of some kind, a nuclear war of any kind is bad. Well, you know, the one thing that a nuclear war can bring is a nuclear winter. You think it's bad with the weather now? Wait until you have that. And then you can't. I mean, you know, we're not doing a survival show. There are things that you can do. Um and then the question is, do you want to live in the world that we're going to be left with after Joe Biden blows it up? Because yeah. that's where he's headed to, because he's got a secure bunker and food and people to wait on him. 
He doesn't care. And let's just be honest. How old is Joe Biden? How many how many years does he la- have left? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about Jill. He really doesn't care about Hunter, and he doesn't care about you. Didn't he just turn 80, I think? I think he just turned 80. Yeah. Now, we're talking about all this stuff, and you're you're probably a little nervous, right? Let me tell you how the uh, the heads of the military acted over the weekend. On Saturday, the nation's biggest defense contractors threw a huge celebration in honor of the Ukrainian military. That's right, the Ukrainian military. The location... The Ronald Reagan and International Trade Center in Washington, D.C., less than a mile from the White House. One notable attendee of the party was Mark White Rage, in quotes, Milley. When not advocating for critical race theory on the military, he rubs elbows with America's top war profiteers. That's the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, that doofus that... uh, came out after he walked across the street with President Trump to uh, St. John's Episcopal Church after they had tried to burn it down. And then about an hour later, he went on video and said, I made a mistake. I never should have walked with President Trump. Boy, I, that's Boys, when I would have fired him. If I were Trump. Mistakes. You know, now what should be his role? You know, he's he's got to protect the security of our nation. Let's take a trip to North Dakota, the big Air Force base up there, and all that farmland we sold to China to an, an agricultural wing of them who is sworn to also spy for China, and they're 12 miles from a critical Air Force base that has satellite monitoring and just about everything we need for our intelligence systems, and they are right there under the antennas, hey. and a person that could have stopped this was Milley. Mark, or was he? Mark Milley is the guy who said publicly that, don't worry, he said he would call the his counterpart in China and let him know if we were attacking him. We would let him know if we were launching missiles on China. He would give them a heads up. Now... Well. Is that not a traitor or what? That's a traitor. Now, I got to ask you something. To be a country, you have to have your sovereign soil, right? Yeah. So. We have no. Does that mean that uh, it's up for sale to anybody? Is that a. Hey, we're giving it away. We're giving it away at the border. Yeah, we're giving it away at the border. Uh, We're selling it to the highest bidder. Well, that's treason in my book. Treason. Well, hey, listen, you know, you see Mark Milley and all of his shiny badges and medals and stuff like that. If you've had any, anything to do at all with the military in your life, there are some guys who really deserve those things. And then there are some guys who are just really good politicians, military politicians. They rise through the channels because they know who's derriere to massage, okay? Well, yeah, just I was just going to say, I, I don't think he's uh, good at anything except for kissing. Uh, the gluteus uh, maximus, yes. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, any ladies out there that might uh, take a hankering to him, I wouldn't kiss him on the lips because <laughs> I, I, think, I think you know where I'm going to say they were. Uh, um, Joe Biden over the weekend mm-hmm. was speaking in front of a bunch of people. All now, this, right. this is the guy who is the leader of our, our country in the free world. He was speaking in front of some Italian-Americans, and he, he was kissing up a bit. And this, this is what he said. Listen. Best. You're the best. Thank you. 
I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so, you know, I got a little Italian in me now, you know. Dominic Giacoppa's daughter. That's who he married, Dominic Giacoppa's daughter. Only problem is, is that Jill, Jill Biden's dad was Donald Jacobs. Yeah. Not Dominic Giacoppa. Now, I've heard that there are Giacoppas in her family somewhere, but her father was Don Jacobs. And well, didn't he uh didn't he brag about giving out the purple heart to somebody that he's never given that? Oh out? yeah, his uncle. Yeah. His uncle. Mm. His uncle was supposed to have gotten the purple heart in the Battle of the Bulge. And he mm. you know, he he has these long stories and he'll say in the middle of the story, no lie, no lie, no, no lie. Seriously. You know, like, this is not a joke. This this is real. And and actually, it is a joke because it's not real. Uh, his uncle didn't get, there is no record of his uncle getting a Purple Heart at the Battle of the Bulge. And when would he have gotten that? Uh, what year would that have 1944 been? 1944 get... was the Battle of the Bulge. All right. When was Joe born? Joe was born around 19. 19- uh, well, in nineteen forty-two, that that would oh, make him. So he no, was I'm in a sorry. diaper when he did. W- would that be? Yeah, that would be eighty, right? Yeah, yeah. that would be eighty. Yeah, nineteen forty-two. Had to think about that for a second. It seems like it couldn't be eighty, but it is. Well, he wasn't in a diaper, but he was a toddler. Yeah, when he gave out that, that but purple he didn't. Heart, no, but supposedly he gave him the purple heart. Later in life, this was like when he was vice when president. When, 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 he when was, did the guy die? Well, that's just it. The guy, I believe, died like in 1998. And I think Biden said he gave it to him when he was vice president, which was, what, 2008? So I don't know how that works out when the guy wasn't around to get the medal. And Only by the way, the supposedly. of Joe's mind. And supposedly the guy said to Joe, I don't want that thing, Joey. And the guy and Joe said, well, but you earned it, Uncle. And he said, oh, the guys who earned it are the guys who died. You know, that's how Joe embellishes the stories. That is from Joe, one of Joe's stories. Um, there well, is Joe, no- you probably don't want the presidency because the guys that deserve it are the guys that won the election. <laughs> you stole it. Thanks for the line, Joe. <laughs> hey, folks, that, that's just about it for us uh, for today. Uh, been a, a weird show in a way because we've vented on a lot of things, especially I have vented on a lot of things. And I, if I offended anybody, my apologies, but it's just so weird. What? Yeah. If you want to contact so us, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. You can also contact us at mail at crnamerica.com. Other than that, uh, we hope you enjoyed your stay on our little island of truth and sanity, <laughs> which is surrounded by a sea of idiots. It certainly is. I second that emotion. <laughs> Have a good day, my friend. See ya. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.